Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. We are in week number two of our series for September that we are calling Stress Out, Stress Out. And this month we're going to be looking to, um, to be at some of the things and the circumstances that rob us of our joy and cause us to stress out. And you know, when I say stress out, it's really a play on words. Like, um, because you stress out, I want to help you get the stress out is what I want to, to really get from this series this month. And, and thank God that we didn't call this series Stress Management, right? Like, like that stresses me out knowing I'm going to have to manage my stress, just adds more stress to me personally. I don't know about you. But, but I believe that, um, that we have a God that doesn't just want us to manage our stress, but we have a God that, uh, that is all-powerful, that can actually take the stress from you and you don't have to deal with it anymore. And I think that is a great place for an amen this morning. You don't have to manage it. God can, can take it off of your shoulders, when we talk about stress, um, last week we, ta- we started out by looking at this verse, um, and you're going you're gonna to see this verse every single Sunday of this series, and it's in Luke chapter 21 in verse 34. It says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, with drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. I don't know about you guys, but, but I, I picture like a like a bear trap there or like a, a Venus fly trap. And, and before you know it, it's crazy. If you're not careful, it'll lure you in. Life will just lure you in and it'll weigh you down with crazy living and self-medicating and anxiety. And all of that together equals stress. And, and before we know it, life just closes in on us like a trap. And I, and I said this last week, you know, a good trap A good trap is a trap you can't spot until it's too late. And that's what happens a lot of times when when things start weighing on us and anxiety and stress starts weighing us down. By the time we realize that we got to do something about this, oftentimes it feels like it's too late. It's too late. But there's the good news for you this morning is that there are ways to avoid that happening. You just know, you have to know what you're looking for, and you got to know um, that, how to stay vigilant and stay. There's still rocks up here from last week. That's funny. How to, sorry, y'all. Squirrel. You, you got to know how to stay vigilant, how to stay watchful. And so we're looking at ways that we can get the stress out and let some joy in. Last week, we talked about how we can really get in front of our schedules. How we, can, how we can become a master of our schedule so that our schedule doesn't become a master of us. Because if you don't master your schedule, it's going to master you. You know, we, God loves you and people have great plans for your life. You know what I mean? Like everybody has something that they want to put on you or something that they want to add in your schedule. And, and my challenge to you was put the big rocks in first Put the most important things in first and then let all those non-essentials come in afterward. 
So if you missed that, um, I hope you go online to our website. You can find all the messages um, on demand, and so you can listen to them whenever you want. Sometimes you just got to listen to it twice. Sometimes I got to listen to myself because uh, you really get tested, you know, after hearing a message like that. And then the next week, it's like, okay. Okay, it's, the testing is now. And so you got to master your schedule. But today, we're going to be um, looking at the title of your message today. If you have your message notes, and you should, that, that white note card in front of you, I, I encourage you to take notes. I think it'll help you in your walk with Jesus today. It'll help you retain that information. And uh, today, the title of the message is Live Light. Live Light. All throughout the Bible... Anxiety, whenever you see it in Scripture, anxiety is always connected to weight. It's connected to weight. And weight leads to anxiety, and then anxiety leads to weight. And when I say weight, I don't mean like on a scale, right? Like that, in my life, that leads to a little bit of anxiety personally when I step on that scale. So I try not to do it too often. But, but what, I, what I mean is rather the weight of life. The weight of life will, um, how many of you guys know this morning, life has a weight to it. Like, life has a, has a weight, and if we don't learn how to deal with that weight, it begins to snowball, and it starts really getting pretty heavy. And weight, guys, weight never gets longer, or excuse me, weight never gets lighter the longer that you hold it. And the stress of life never gets easier the longer that you manage it. It just doesn't, that's not how it works. And I want to let you know today, listen, I'm not up here standing here preaching at you. We don't do that here, okay? I'm never going to preach at you. I'm here living this thing myself too. Like I'm, I'm, sit, I'm sitting right down there and letting God preach this to me as well. Right now, I, I believe in our culture, life is heavier than it's ever been. And we have more anxieties than we have, that, that we have to deal with on a daily basis than we ever have before. We're, we're, we're bearing more weight in our lives than we ever have before, and we have to learn what to do with it. We have to learn where to put it. we got to learn where to, where to take it. And, you know, I just want to say first thing this morning, life is not all bad, okay? Let me, just, let me just say that. I just want to remind you guys this morning, life is not all bad. It's easy for us to focus on all the negatives and the, the heavy things that are around us, but life itself is pretty great if you just know how to look at it. So, so this morning, I have a few pictures that I just kind of wanted to, to go through um, to remind us that, that life is pretty great. You know, here's, some, here's a few things that are pretty great. What about the earth, right? Like the earth is pretty great. Like you literally couldn't live without it. It's awesome. It's great. Living on the earth is, you know, I read, I read somewhere, somebody said, the earth is still the greatest planet to live on. I'm like, dude, it's the only planet to live on. Like, you can't live on all the others. But, you know, he said it with conviction, so um, I'm following him. The earth, earth is pretty great. Um, what about the mountains? Where are my mountain people at? Who likes to take vacations in the mountains? Let me hear you. Woo, okay, my mountain people, my mountain people. Listen, where are my beach people at? Where are my beach people make some noise? Y'all prideful, you stripping your, your bodies, showing your bods off, your summer bods. I, did, I can't go to the beach because i got to keep a shirt on and whatever. Y'all pray for me. Um, what, about, what, about, um, what about babies? Babies are pretty awesome, right? Like, like who doesn't love a good baby? Like, some of y'all, y'all must love them because y'all keep having them. You know, you're, 
Y'all are like, I love this church so much, I'm just going to grow it whatever way I can, baby. And we're going to have some babies in here. That's all right. People are like, you really like kids. You're like, no, I really like my wife. Anyway, moving on. What about this? Yeah, some of y'all just got that. <laughs> what about this? What about, what about corn? Like, it's got the juice, y'all. <laughs> it's got the juice. Corn's pretty great. Uh, uh, here's another one. What about pumpkin spice, everything, where my basic white girl's at? Nobody, just me. I'm the most basic white girl in the room. I love everything pumpkin spice. September 1st, baby, I was at Dunkin' in line, ready for some pumpkin spice. What about this? When I think about fall, what do you think about? You think about football, right? Where are my football fans? Where are my UK fans at? What about that game? Oh, yeah. Where are my Louisville fans at? Security? (laughs) Where are they? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But I just wanted to have a little bit of fun this morning because we're talking about weight. And, and, and this message can get a little bit heavy, but I just wanted to have some fun. And um, we have to be careful, though, how we look at life. We have to be careful with it. And don't forget that no matter what, no matter what you're faced with in life, life it is pretty great. As long as you look at it from the right perspective, life is pretty great. But at the same time, if something's wrong... Guys, we can't just continue to live and act like, like everything's okay and like life is just fine and, and, and dandy. No, we have to make sure that we recognize those issues so we can deal with them. When we realize we have to recognize that, that stress and that weight so we can begin to deal with it. And In fact, there's, I, was, I was writing this message and I was thinking about some of the weights that people carry with them, weights of, of hurt, of pain, you know, uh, uh, of loss. Some of you ha- have dealt with loss recently and, and, and abuse and maybe some frustration and some trauma. Maybe some of you guys this morning feel pretty powerless, like, the, like you're in a situation there's nothing that you can do about it. You just feel, you feel powerless. Um, what about the weight of, the weight of grief? We, you gotta, you got to deal with it, right? Grief, grief happens. People pass. Things happen. you got to learn how to deal with the grief, but, but it bears a weight. The, the, the weight of regret, the weight of, of, of shame, of, of fear. See, there's just some, some, some weights that we carry. Life, life can be hard, but, but, but these are not weights that we ever have been created or meant to carry in our lives. We're not supposed to be carrying these. And, and this is heavy, but this is true. If you don't deal with these things, they're, they're going to push you down a path that you were never meant to go. Um, you know, it's usually not the actions that we engage in that, that, that cause us to lose ourselves. It's usually the shame and the guilt and the self-condemnation that we experience after the action that really causes us to destroy ourselves from the inside. And, and there might be those of you that are listening to this and, and you've pushed yourself 10 miles down a pathway that you know is wrong, but you don't even know how you got there. You just drifted and you just got there and you're not sure how you got there and, and, and you don't know how to deal with that weight. Well, this morning I want to I look at some of the words of Jesus out of the book of Matthew this morning. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus says this, Enter by the narrow gate. Now listen, narrow here, I want to let you know, narrow doesn't mean exclusive. Narrow means, it doesn't mean that it's only for select people. It means that specific. Narrow means specific, not, not exclusive. If, if I was to tell you how to get to my house, 
I would give you specific, I would give you an address. I would give you something specific on how to get there. And that's what Jesus is saying here. That is, this, this narrow path is not meant for a select few, but that there is a specific way for us to find this unhindered life, this good life, this, this life on high that he, that he has for us. Narrow, enter by the narrow gate, but, but wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. The, the people that, that find the broad way, listen, the people that find the, the broad way here are the people that just stumble into it. They just stumble in. You don't, you don't know how you got there. But let me tell you something this morning. In the end, the broad way always leads to destruction. It always does. When you just stumble through life and you just stumble into life, it's, 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 it's going to take you on, on a path that's going to end in destruction. And this is what the enemy of our soul is trying to do. He's trying to lead us to stumble down this path, down this way to destruction. But God wants to show us life. He wants to show us that there's a better way. There's a better way. That's the, I, I hope you feel encouraged when, when I tell you that this morning. You may be struggling, but listen, God has a better way. God has a better way. And so I want to show you, I want to take you down really the sequence of events when we're looking at the broad way here um, this is a sequence of events that lead us down the broad way. Uh, first, the first thing that happens is, is we become overburdened. We become overburdened. Like, like you, got, you got, maybe there's, a, there's this weight of bullying. Like, like listen, you, you're like, well, bullying's not, not that terrible. Yeah, but, but some of us are still dealing with the effects of it 20 years uh, down the road. And, and what about like abuse and grief and, and, and there's the weight of bad financial decisions and, and broken relationships and mistakes that you made and maybe you have a secret addiction that you're trying to, to bear the burden of as well. And, and, and over time, these rocks, these, these heavy things start compiling, these weights start compiling in our lives and, and, and you're like carrying them with you. And, and over time, you become overburdened by all of the, the stresses and the cares and the worries that you're bearing. Because the, these rocks, listen, these, these big weights of, of, of trauma and things like that, they don't unload themselves. And so you're just adding to it. You're just adding to the pack that you're carrying through life. And you end up carrying this backpack full of baggage. I almost brought a backpack up here, but I thought two, two, two weeks in a row with uh, some rock illustrations, you'd be like, is, all the, is that all this guy ever talks about is freaking rocks? What is he, geologist up there? I don't know. Anyway, but, but you're burying all these things through life. And listen, there's going to come a point where you're overburdened. Some of you guys are really, really strong. Some of you have, are very strong, and you can handle a lot, but at some point... There's going to there's gonna come a time and you're, you're just overburdened. You're bearing more than you're meant to. One of the best tricks that the devil has ever played on us is, is he, he tells us that, that if you're just strong enough, you can press through it and press through the issues. And if you're strong enough, eventually, if you carry this thing long enough, eventually it'll get better. And, and eventually it'll be fine. Carry the weight long enough and it'll get better. It'll begin to unload itself. That, that phrase that time heals all wounds, that lie, that's a lie. Time doesn't heal all wounds. You know what heals all wounds? Proper care. 
Proper care heals all wounds. Time causes wounds to get worse. You know what happens when a, when a wound is, is not given care, but it's given time? Infection. That's what happens. And, and, I, and I thought about putting a picture of infection up on the screen behind me, but I thought I'd spare you today. But, but let me tell you, the longer that you bear it doesn't mean it's going to get any better. No, you've got to care for it. You don't have, you, God doesn't want you just to carry it. God wants you to care for it. So you become overburdened. And then, and then next, the next, the next uh, thing down this cycle here is we start to self-medicate. We, try to, we start to self-medicate. And we start looking to ourselves to solve our own problems. And like a lot of times we're the one that got us into the problem to begin with. And we start looking to ourselves to try to solve it. And guys, listen, you don't need to be your own doctor. Nobody should be their own doctor. That, that's, that's not what's going to help you get through this. We, we self-medicate anytime that we prescribe ourselves something to solve a problem that we're living in the middle of. Listen, guys, I've got pastors in my life that advise me spiritually when I'm going through something. And they're, te- they're I mean, I have one, he texts me every single Sunday. He said, how'd it go? How you feeling? One of them texts me every Monday because he knows that Monday's usually the worst day for me. When I wake up and I'm like, man, I should have said this better. I should have done that better. Man, I, I was, my brain went off this way and I didn't get to say bye to this couple and, and, and Monday comes on me. But I have pastors that check on me. And listen, guys, it's okay to get some help. It's okay to go to a doctor. It's okay to, to talk to somebody about it. They're like, don't buy into the lie that it's a sign of weakness. No, it's not. And we start to self-medicate and prescribe our, ourselves all these things. And, and listen, it's not always about the medication. It's about our dependency on it. And so some of these, some of these things will seem harmless, right? Like um, binging Netflix. You sit on the couch in the, on the weekend just to veg out. Like you're just like, I'm just space myself out from reality. And I'm just going to binge Netflix. Um, what about like eating out late at night? Like... <laughs> Cassie and I are terrible about this. Like, I'm in my 30s now. Right? Like, I'm 31 years old. Why do I keep doing this to myself? Like, I eat out late at night. I, I keep getting heartburn, but I keep, press, I keep pressing through, baby. If I eat long enough, it'll get better. No, I'm just kidding. It just, but, but we start self-medicating. And, 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 well, those don't seem those bad, like binging Netflix, eating. Yeah, those don't seem that bad. And they aren't bad in small doses. But, but when we begin to need that food at night, or when we begin to need that drink at night to calm us down. Let's get real. The opioid crisis that is, that is destroying our community, this is really what led to it, self-medicating. And it didn't start that way. It started by self-medicating. Well, I'll just, it started like this. Well, I'll just, have, I'll just have one to help calm me down. I'll just have one to help me escape. We're hurting because we're carrying weight and we're, we're overburdening ourselves. And so we try to s- start self-medicating in order to escape our reality that we've created. Ladies, the late, na- the late night glass of wine. Listen, it, it, it starts as just a way to relax. It starts as just a way to escape and to cope with the day. But I'm going to be honest, I've seen many ladies, and nothing again, guys, we're going to get to you in a second. But, but I've seen many ladies start with this occasional glass of wine, and eventually it becomes a big problem. 
in their life because they start to depend on it. Let's talk about it, guys. Pornography. It's about so much more than lust. It's about so much more. It's about escapism. There's this epidemic because men feel like they have no way to escape from the the weight of life because you've been told for so long you can't show weakness. You can't share how you really feel. You've got to stay strong for your family. And you just escape with this secret sin that nobody knows about because it's your way to escape from reality. And guys, listen, it's not necessarily about the the medication we self-medicate ourselves with. It's not about that. It's about the dependency. It's about being, becoming dependent on that to deal with the weight that we're carrying. So we become overburdened. We start to self-medicate. And then we attempt to normalize. We start to normalize. That, that means we start justifying it. Well, it's not that bad. Like, everybody does it. Or, or listen, so-and-so has been doing that for 10 years, and they're fine. We start to normalize it. And, and, we have, and we fight hard to do it, too. Like, like you know, <laughs> you fight so hard just to justify it to yourselves and others. Guys, I'll start, I'll start, I'll start talking to people, and they'll start defending their habits. Like, guys, I, I hate telling people I'm a pastor. I'm going to be honest, because your conversation never goes better from that point on. They're like, oh, you're a pastor. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. But, but I talk with people, and... and uh, and they, they start defending their habits before I even ask about them. Like, I didn't, even talk, I didn't even talk about that. Like, you ever talk to that person? Has anybody ever talked to that person before? Like, they, you, they start defending themselves, and you're like, bro, whoa, you're coming at me up here. I'm going to need you just to, to come on. I just want, I don't even know your name yet. You're like, they're like, wow, I don't always smoke a cigarette, but today was just a really hard day. You're like, whoa, dude, it's okay. I don't, what's your name? Like again, it just, it's, they start trying to normalize it. But it, it's dangerous because this is how deception works. We eventually talk, our, talk ourselves into, that's okay, it's fine. And so we move from normalization to this last one. Now we just feel stuck. We just feel stuck. And this is where this broad path of destruction leads anybody that takes it. Isolated, lonely, broken, hopeless. This is where the enemy of your soul wants to lead you. Contemplating suicide. Guys, suicide is rampant throughout America and it's getting worse every single year because people feel like they've got nowhere to turn to. They feel like there's no hope left. Let me tell you this morning. God wants you to know this. Look me in the eyes because God wants you to know this. He wants you to know if you feel stuck... There's always a way out. There is always a way out. You feel stuck this morning. You feel hopeless. No matter where you are, no matter how bad it seems, there is always a way out. The enemy wants you to believe that you're stuck. And I'm going to tell you, that's a lie. You're never stuck. You're never stuck. There's always, listen, in Jesus' name, there is always a way out. Our key verse for the message today comes out of Hebrews chapter 12. You're like, that was just the introduction? The rest of this is going to go fast, okay? I promise. You're like, I I need to get out of here by 12. I'll get you out of here by 12.05, all right? Deal. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 
verses 1 through 2 says this, therefore, we're surrounded by such a, a huge cloud of, of witnesses to this life of faith. That should be encouraging. You're never alone. Like, like our loved ones and those that have come before us in the faith, they're standing up there in heaven and they're cheering you on. You're surrounded by people that are encouraging and, and cheering you on. They want to see you succeed. We're surrounded by them. So listen, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. And it's so easy to get concentrated on the sin that trips us up here, guys. But this is talking about any weight. Anything that we're bearing that's burdening us, that's slowing us down, strip it off. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Strip off every weight. How do you do that? You look to Jesus. You look, you look to him. Set your eyes on him. And so this morning we talked about the broad path. We talked about what it looks like to walk down that. But we know Jesus said there was a, there was a, a narrow path that would lead to life. And I want to show you this morning, I got three, I got three points here. Um, and I want to show you this morning this pathway to, to an unhindered life. Pathway to an unhindered life. Number one, it starts with this. You got to believe it's okay to not be okay. You got to believe that. It's okay to not be okay. Like, you need to know that this morning. It's not okay what was done to you. It's not okay how they treated you. It's not okay the words that they used when referencing you. But you're struggling. And that is okay. You're no less Christian. You're no less of a good person because you're struggling. There's this lie that goes around that says the moment that you become a Christian, all of your cares and burdens just fade away. And that is not the truth. Guys, if that was the truth, I'd have a six-pack right now. But I didn't pray that prayer to Jesus, and he, boom, hit me up with that six-pack. I've never seen that happen to anybody, actually. I've never seen anybody give their life to Jesus and their credit score improve to 700. No, there's some things that in life you're going to struggle through. You're going to struggle through, and that's okay. I just don't want you to give up. And so, so you're there. You're struggling. You're not okay. But it's okay to admit that. Because when you do, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says this. Each time he said, my grace is all you need, my power works best in what? Weakness. So now, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. I talk about them. So that the power of Christ can work through me. The key to unlocking the power of God in our life is admitting our weaknesses. Just admit them. It's okay. Admit them. Own them. Be proud of them. You know what? Yeah, I struggle. But when I do, the power of God can can sweep into my life and it can do things that I could never do on my own. The enemy keeps us trying to, to, to fix and fixate. He keeps trying to, to fix and fixate. We, we keep trying to fix ourselves. We keep trying to do that, and it doesn't work. Like, like, let's be real. 
If you could have fixed yourself, you would have done it by now. You've tried hard. The enemy tries to keep us fixing ourselves. And we self-medicate and do all of these things, keep trying to fix ourselves. But you can't fix yourself. You can't do it. You need God. Or he'll keep us trying to fixate on our condition. So yeah, we, we recognize that there's something. But listen, that's just the way that I am. That's the way... That's just the way that I am. And we start trying to build our identity around it. We start trying to build our identity around our character flaws. And you know, culture right now tries to tell us that we really don't have any issues at all. Like, you don't really have any issues in your life. You're just, you're okay the way that, that you are. If you just accept yourself and your okayness, then it'll all be okay. Yeah, but, but you're not okay but you're stuck there, so you might as well try to build your home around it, right? Like, that's what culture tries to tell us. Well, yeah, you got, you got, you got issues, but hey, just build, build your life around it. Let's just compensate for all that. And guys, that's not the truth. The truth is none of us are perfect. We're all broken, and it's okay to accept that. We believe it's okay to not be okay, but it's not an excuse. That's an empowerment. Like, when we admit that, God can fix that. We admit it because it gives us power, and that admittance is a catalyst to freedom. See, when we finally come to the realization that it's okay to be okay, I want to encourage you to, to, to look to God because he can pull you out of your situation. You're never stuck there. You're not okay. But God has a better way. It, it's all right. It, listen, I'll say it like this. It is okay not to be okay, but you don't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay there. God has a, God has a plan, and God, if you look to him, he can pull you out. Number two, number two, we got to get completely honest. we got to get completely honest. First, with ourselves. We've got to get completely honest with ourselves. Psalm chapter 139, verse 23. This is, this is guys, this is, I, I'll pray this to, because it's so powerful. It's so powerful that, that, that David writes this. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. we got to start getting honest with ourselves and let God point out, hey, there's some things there that I, that, that I really think you should work on. But he's not condemning you. He wants to help you. And, and so we pray this prayer and say, God, reveal it to me. Reveal it to me. I'm not, I'm not, some of you guys aren't even sure. Some of you are sitting there you're like, yeah, I'm sure there's something there, but I just don't even know what it is. Pray this prayer. Pray this prayer here because God will show you. Because God will reveal it to you. And he never reveals it to you just so you can sit on it. He'll show you how to, how to get freedom from it too. Nelson, you can come up. We got to get honest with ourselves. Then we got to get honest with others. Got to get honest with others. 
You hear me talk about this all the time. Like, like you saw a small group commercial earlier today. Guys, this is not a commercial. Like, without other people, we have no hope. Without other people, we got nothing. God created us to live in community, to do life with other people. Small groups aren't great because of the curriculum. They aren't great because of the fun activities. They're great because they provide a place where we can get honest and real with each other. And you might feel scared and you might feel like you'll be condemned when you get real and share your struggles with somebody else. But you know what happens when, when, when I've gotten real like this before and started sharing my struggles with other people? Nobody's looked at me and said, dude, you're messed up. There's no hope. No, most of the time what really happens is somebody look at me and say, you, you too, me too, me too. Hey, I'm dealing with that too. Like you're not alone. Me too. Galatians chapter six, verse two says this. It says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Guys, we gotta carry each other's burdens. But listen, this is a step for you this morning. If you you want somebody else to help you carry your burdens, you gotta share it. You gotta start getting completely honest with people. You gotta get honest with yourself. You gotta get honest with others. And that's a, that leads us to a place where we can do this next one. That leads us to a place where we can, number three, place dependency on God. Place dependency on God. Now, again, listen, I'm not up here preaching to I'm not preaching at you. I'm not preaching to you. Guys, I'm living this with you. Can we just be okay with that today? That, that pastor's not perfect. That pastor's living this same life that I am. That this is what happens in community. That none of us are perfect. And when we realize that, we can really start growing together. We recognize that we're all on this journey together. Stress and anxiety, you know what they do? Every time that you see stress or anxiety in Scripture, they always indicate a place of self-dependency. Depend on depend on me and the cure for it is always God dependency and if we let it instead of letting the the devil use anxiety to crush us to destroy us you know what we can do we can let our anxiety be an indicator in our life let anxiety be your indicator of your need for God oh I feel stressed out but I'm not going to let it paralyze me. I'm going to let it show me where I can trust God more. I'm going to I'm going to quit trying to fix it and I'm going to let God into that area. Because what you worry about most just reveals where you can trust God more. What you worry about most reveals where you need God the most. Here's what I want you to do today as we're, as we're closing. Many of you hope, you know, you've been in church before. You've, you've read your Bibles before. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture the scene of the cross. The scene of the cross. Jesus is, 
is hanging up there and there's a thief on one side that's headed down the narrow way because he looks to Jesus and he, he asks for his forgiveness. And, and then there's a, there's a criminal on the other side that he's, he's headed down the broad way, to that way of destruction. There's the, the Roman soldiers that they're mocking Jesus. There's, they're spitting and they're mocking and yelling at him and laughing. And then there's a group of women that are off to the side and they're just emotional. Jesus' mom, Mary, she's, she's with this group and so I'm sure they're just emotional. They're probably a wreck. And then there's John. He, he's sitting at the foot of the cross. John, the only disciple that remained, the only disciple that stayed behind of Jesus' 12. Everybody else scattered, but John's sitting there at the, at the foot of the cross and he's looking to Jesus and you know, he's the only one that Jesus gives a mission to. Jesus said, John, take care of my mom. He's at the foot of the cross just looking up at him. Can, can you picture that this morning? And, and I want to ask you a question. In this scene of the cross, put yourself in it. Where are you? Where are you in that scene? Who, who, who do you identify with? You might be the thief hanging on one side asking Jesus for hope. You might be with a group of women kind of looking on at life and all emotional and just crying out. You, you, you might be John standing at the foot of the cross looking up and trying to trust Jesus for what's next. But can I tell you something? Hope isn't found in any of those places. It's not found there. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I, live, I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved, who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to me. I need you to hear this today. Until you see yourself on the cross... Until you see your life crucified with Christ, there is no hope. Until you see yourself not at the foot of the cross, but nailed there with Jesus. The moment that you're any one of these other pictures in this scene, your effort is in the way of God's strength. Quit trying to fix it on your own. It's never going to work. It hasn't worked in the past and it's not going to work in the future. But the beauty of the gospel is this. I can nail myself to the cross and when I do, I get full access to the power of God in my life. You're looking to get out of the quicksand, to get out of the muck and the mire. And there is a way out. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then... Have a great week.